This is Brother Frank, and welcome back to the Remnant Call. Uh, sorry, I was gone last week, but um, had to go to an event uh, up in Cambridge, Maryland. Uh, not my uh, excite, most exciting place to go, but uh, it, it was what it was. But I'm glad to be back here on the Remnant Call. And tonight, we've got Brother Benjamin back uh, by popular demand uh, into his home uh, to his family show because uh, Benjamin is a part of the family of the remnant of call and folks is brother Benjamin and I were talking earlier. Um, it's, and many of you know, this, we are living in a time where people are extremely cold and finding good friends is difficult, but I want to remind you right now that we have a friend in Jesus and that friend doesn't just love you because you have something you can give him. He loves you because that he is love and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And he's here till the very end. And with that, you can know that no matter what goes on in this world, the Lord is here and he's here to stay uh, to the very end. And then we will be with him forever. And I'm excited about that. And so I'm going to bring on tonight, uh, brother Benjamin here with us because um, we've got some a lot of things going on right now and some exciting times, and we are coming into uh, an exciting season, the season of Passover right now. So with that, Brother Benjamin, are you here with me? Hey, Frank. Good afternoon. Good hey, evening. brother. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, brother. It If I don't get you on every once in a while, people start wondering, like, uh, is the remnant call about to go under or something? I get emails. Hey, where's Benjamin? So <laughs> thank you so much for being back on here with me. Uh, just glad you're here. And uh, so anyways, we, uh, Benjamin, talked a little bit about some things. And uh, if you got, let's, I guess, open with prayer and then kind of, if you could, it's been about almost a month now, I think, since you were on, if you could give us an update, I would really appreciate it. But uh, let's open with prayer tonight, brother. If you'd pray for us, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. Hallelujah. Father God, we come in Jesus name. Amen. According to your commandment, we come with thanksgiving on our lips, with praise in our hearts, We enter your courts with praise. We enter your gates with thanksgiving, Father. We thank you this day. We thank you that there's a refuge from the storm that is about to begin. We thank you, Lord, that you've ordained this time. That you've promised to protect that which is yours. I will protect that which is mine, saith the Lord. This day, Lord, we bow our hearts. We bow our knees. Lord, we are a people that are cast down. And we live in a, among a generation appointed for the wrath of God. We live in a nation that has lost its way. Yes. A land that is defiled by, by the innocent blood of murdered children. The blood of babies poured in, into the sewers of America. The children that have been trafficked. Young girls, young boys trafficked as sexual slaves. The violence that's taking place across our land. The wickedness knows no end. And yet there's a remnant. There's a remnant that still call upon your name, Lord. Our remnants, there's a remnant that has been preserved. That you might have those that would bear witness in a testimony in the earth. So we look to you this day. Lord, as Passover approaches us, even the evening of Passover has come upon the world. We await your visitation from on high. We look forward to the Feast of First Fruits and the beginning of the counting of the Omer. We know the visitation of our God draws near. So, Lord, we ask you, 
Bless this program. Bind Satan and all of, all of the evil spirits that would try to hinder the word that you purpose to bring forth in this time. Give ears to hear to all of our listeners. Lord, give us all hearts to respond and to obey in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, brother. Hallelujah, brother. Yeah. Oh. Hallelujah. So <laughs> has it really been a month? I'm pretty sure it's been a month since you've been on, brother. Um, it has been a month. And as bad as I thought it was a month ago, um, now it, you know, it, it's progressed so much more. And, and now the boldness of those who are the, on the world stage, um, you know, threatening of nuclear war and everything else, it, it, it's, it is a time to behold, that's for sure. Well, it's a time such as never was. I mean, just the latest little news piece to, to hit the wire um, today in the city of Shanghai, China, 23 million people are now locked down again under massive COVID restriction. They can't leave their homes. They can't go to work. They can't go to the grocery store. There's no food, shopping, nothing. People are screaming out the windows of their apartments at night. And anybody that tries to go out is getting arrested. And this lockdown has essentially locked down what I believe is the largest export port in China. I was looking at a, a satellite image of all the ships, the cargo ships that have, you know, now, you know, it's as if they shut down a major freeway during rush hour. And, and now we got, you know, a million cars trying, waiting waiting for the road to clear, waiting for the port to open. And, you know, we're talking about months of additional delays and, and, you know, the people are, are fed up in Shanghai and they're beginning to, to protest. Protests are, are erupting. And this news report that just hit the wire is apparently one of the police in Shanghai made the statement to one of the crowds of protesters that, you know, this lockdown is not being caused by the Chinese police. This is a result of the whole international situation. We are going to have a war with America. And this is the beginning of the war, economic warfare. You know, so there should be wars and rumors of war. And we've got a war in Ukraine. British and or maybe it was French newspapers just yesterday reported that the war in Ukraine is actually a war being waged by the United States against Russia using proxy forces in Ukraine, including mercenaries, Western mercenary forces, some of whom have been captured in the city of Maripol by Russian forces, and they've got British and American and, and other special forces guys that, are, that were there, you know, as, as paid mercenaries. But the world war has already begun. And Frank, I was talking with my friend Jeff Nyquist uh, the other day, and, you know, and I was asking Jeff, you know, why do you think Putin um, accelerated the invasion of Ukraine into late February, knowing that the, the ground was saturated. Uh, the, the ground never froze this winter, and so it's super saturated. They can't move the tanks off the highways, and Putin invades anyway. Now, he sent his reserve units, the most poorly trained of all of his soldiers, and he sent them with obsolete equipment. We're talking, you know, the T- um, 
70 T90 uh, tanks, you know, none of the new state-of-the-art equipment. We've not seen the Armada tank on the battlefield yet in Ukraine. So we sent the third string in with all the used equipment, knowing that they would suffer significant losses on the highways. And now they've pulled back. So what would be, you know, Russia's objective to engage in a pawn sacrifice on the chessboard? You know, Frank, are you much of a chess player? Do you, do you like to play chess? When I was younger, yes. I always enjoyed chess and um, I used to be pretty good at it. I don't think I'm, I don't have the mental capacity anymore to, to do all of the calculations necessary to play a competitive game, but, but I enjoy the game just for fun. But when I play chess, I love the pawn sacrifice. I even sacrifice bishops and knights. And uh, um, I play a very aggressive style and, and I'm happy to lose some of my forces. Well, that's what Putin has done. This was a pawn sacrifice. So what in the world did he intend to accomplish? Well, number one, they're following the principles of war by the Chinese philosopher Sun Tzu. When you're strong, feign weakness. So, you know, the Russian invasion, you know, Ru Russian military capabilities are so far beyond anything NATO can bring to the field. The Russian air defense systems, the S-400, the S-500, the, uh, the Russian you know, electromagnetic jamming equipment, you know, all of it controls the skies. The F-35 pilots are afraid to even get near Ukrainian airspace. And if we were to ever send any of our airplanes into uh, a contested airspace against Russian uh, air defense systems, it would be an embarrassment what would happen. But on the ground, Putin lost a fair number of tanks and a fair number of guys to our Javelin anti-tank missiles. And, and the fact that those tanks were all just lined up on those highways, uh, you know, it was a certain conclusion there'd be significant losses. And now the Russians have pulled back and, and are reconsolidating in the east. And so, you know, there are those who think that somehow Russia's losing or Russia's not as strong as we thought they were. Well, they're feigning weakness. At the same time, the early invasion has elicited the expected sanction response. You know, now we're getting the continued incidents where, you know, they, they've got the teddy bears, you know, the children's toys on the evening news, you know, and the claims that, you know, one atrocity after another and truth is the first casualty of war and multiple reports contradicting each other of what's really happening on the ground. But they're selling the story of, you know, innocent Ukraine, you know, this wonderful democratic country happens to be ranked one of the five most corrupt nations in the world. You know, there's no question there were bio research labs operated by the Western militaries in Ukraine. You know, there's no question that it's the sex trafficking capital for for European sex slavery. It is a money laundering hub for much of the corrupt cash payoffs that have been lining the pockets of Western politicians. You know, we've been deep into Ukraine for years. The current administration has been biding their time in Ukraine for years. And, um, you know, now the whole thing's being sold as this great fight for liberty. And, you know, I, I'm... I'm not confused into thinking one side or another is Christian or represents Christian values. Um, you know, it's sort of like when Stalin and Hitler invaded Poland. And then later when Stalin and Hitler went to war following the Nazi invasion of Russia, yeah, there was no point in debating who was the greater evil. Was it Hitler or was it Stalin? Does it matter? You know, what's the greater evil? The red bear, you know, the red horse of the book of Revelation? Or the Antichrist and his forces in the West? You know, does it matter? We're watching Bible prophecy play out. But 
it appears that Putin wanted the sanctions and he wanted them to start quickly. Well, what in the, why would Russia want to be sanctioned? I thought we were destroying their economy, right, Frank? Yeah. Yeah, if right. You, if you look at the satellite data, and Frank, I don't know if you're familiar with the Monkey Works uh, website. Maybe we can put you, a link. You up were just, yeah, you were telling me about that earlier. Yeah, the guy um, that runs it, he's a former Intel analyst, and he's got some pretty amazing uh, data feeds. One of which uh, he shows the uh, cargo traffic uh, that's moving through the Black Sea to the Russian ports. And it's like, you know, whatever sanctions are occurring, they haven't slowed down imports of, uh, of you know, critical import goods to Russia because the volume of traffic is unchanged. So, you know, the, the sanctions have done an amazing thing, though, in terms of fracturing the hegemony of the U.S. dollar and the dollar block with its what was absolute control over the world economy, even up to a few years ago. Gradually, that control, you know, has been sort of the fingers have been slipping away. Um, the control of the global economy has slowly been slipping away. And, and now with, with these sanctions and the freezing of of uh, oligarch funds by Western banks, you've got a number of countries that are reassessing whether they want to continue as part of the Western SWIFT system and whether they want to continue to leave substantial amounts of financial assets on deposit in Western banks. All that has to happen is if you get size, sideways with the American government, you risk the loss or, or the seizure of, of substantial sums of money. So countries like Saudi Arabia, even our European partners, Brazil, India, they're all being pushed into the alternative financial camp. You know, the sanctions are breaking the current economic order and in the world is fracturing into separate trading groups. And if you look at the finances, you know, the United States is effectively bankrupt. We owe $30 trillion in federal debt. We have $200 trillion in contingent debt associated with retirement and Medicare obligations we can't pay. The annual deficit is over $3 trillion a year. It used to be in the billions. Now we've graduated to the trillions. We've almost increased the debt 50% in the last three years or so since the COVID pandemic. And the trade deficit is, is also still hemorrhaging at close to a trillion dollars a year. And so all of our trading partners, if they continue to absorb US printed currency, and if they recycle it through the US banking system or the stock market or buy real estate inside the US or, or buy US bonds, whatever, instrument they choose, they recycle that liquidity back into the US. It allows us to print this money with impunity and to export the inflation. Well, as we see the inflation suddenly accelerating inside our country, that's the consequence of creating or printing just simply too much money. You can't export $3 trillion. We were only able to export about a trillion through, through the trade deficit, the in, in international Investment exports are shrinking. And in the short run, this may look like dollar strengthening, but in the medium term, we are looking at a fracturing where countries like Saudi Arabia are deciding mm, we should sell oil to China in Chinese yuan and not in US dollars. India is now negotiating for sales of, of their exports to Russia in rubles or rubles that are backed by gold. And so, you know, yeah. this is the, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Well, for the US. well I, I'd say on top of all that, um, also besides us now hoping, you know, to possibly fund a huge uh, nuclear program complementary to the United States to Iran, then allow Russia to control it. 
And now that will open up so all of Russia's bankers can do business in Iran in a sanction-free zone while the sanctions we're putting against Russia are actually killing our economy. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the madness is outrageous. Well, the brilliance of the treason is uh, is incredible. The sanctions will ultimately do more damage to the United States because it will bring an end to the free ride that we've had, Frank. You know, the average American doesn't realize that when they go to Walmart and buy all that stuff that was produced in China or Mexico or wherever it came from, and they pay that everyday low price, they're really paying for the slave labor, right? That was used to produce these products. And they're paying for the price differential that is exists solely because the United States dollar is the world's reserve currency. You eliminate the reserve currency position of the dollar, and suddenly the United States is going to have to pay something of real value to balance our trade deficit. You know, printing more and more US IOU dollars, at the end of the day, I owe you nothing other than more printed paper. Well, I've, you know, I, I knew people that got schnookered with the Iranian, you know, dinar scam where they, you know, they bought, you know, $30 million worth of worthless. I'm sorry, it was the Iraqi dinar scam. They bought a big pallet of, you know, brand new printed worthless money, right? And and denominated into the millions of dollars. And they paid maybe three or 4,000 US dollars real money for worthless monopoly money. And they were sold the bill of goods that somehow with the American invasion of Iraq, that the Iraqi central bank would suddenly um, restart their economy and that they would bring the worthless currency back and that it would once again have real value. And, and suddenly 3,000 US dollars would turn into 3 million dinars that had the equivalent value of $3 million. Folks, when central banks default, when money goes worthless, they don't ever bring it back, okay? The Confederate money that you might have you know, as a souvenir that is worthless today, we're never gonna bring Confederate currency back. And when the US dollar collapses, they're not gonna bring it back either. They're gonna replace it with a digital international currency issued through the Bank of International Settlements or some new global bank that they'll create. And what these sanctions are doing is pushing us into a world where the nations will be able to basically divest of the dollar. And, And Frank, the banking system they telegraphed this was going to happen a year ago when they changed the index on all of the interest rate hedging products. And you know the interest rates are one of the major risks corporate America likes to try to manage. And most corporate debt, quite a bit of it is actually variable rate, or it's of short enough duration that it has to be refinanced at future interest rates, which are not controllable. So corporations eager to hedge their risks um, sought to enter contracts with the major banks in which they could fix or guarantee a fixed level of interest. You know, sort of like with your home mortgage. If you've got a variable rate home mortgage, you have a disaster. You need to immediately refinance into a fixed rate mortgage before interest rates in America explode. And at some point, they will explode. And as they explode, so will the U.S. economy. Well, the corporations tried to fix their mortgage money, if you will. They tried to fix all the mortgages they have on their businesses through interest rate swaps, where they swapped variable to fixed. And the swaps were denominated in the LIBOR market, which is the London Interbank Offer Rate, for U.S. dollars traded in the European banking system. Because we've exported so many trillions of dollars of American currency that has never come back to the US. We've never paid anything. We just gave them the paper money. The European banks created an entire market inside Europe to trade these dollars and to loan these dollars and borrow in these dollars. And within that Euro dollar market, with London being the, the centerpiece and the London bank 
offer rates, setting the interest rates for all of the European banking system in US dollars. And in order to give you a picture of how absurd this is, there's no market inside the United States for the peso you know, currency or for the ruble or for the yuan or for the euro. There's only one international currency market that is, that's alien or foreign to the banking system in which it exists. That's the European banking system that has an entire market in dollar-based securities. It's because of our tremendous export debt. It's how we lived a lifestyle that we really couldn't afford, okay? We've all been living off of the financial Ponzi scheme engineered by the Fed, you know, with the, with the ultimate profits uh, riding on the backs of slave labor, uh, which is the, the labor that was used in China and, and some of these other LDC countries. And, and we, the Americans, profited from this. Matter of fact, it's one of the prophecies regarding the 70-year reign of end-time Babylon is that all of the nations would serve, that, that they would literally work for end-time Babylon. And, and literally, it has happened, but it is unraveling right now. And the banks signaled that they, they knew this uh, collapse, this calamity was imminent when uh, late last year, there was a regulatory change in the funding of LIBOR contracts where they, they changed the index rate from this London interbank rate, which would be the European interest rate on dollar loans. And they changed it to what they call the SOFR rate, which is the secured overnight funding rate in which the U.S. Treasury borrows from the Fed on an overnight basis. And so the index that was supposed to protect American borrowers from uh, a sudden rise in interest rates, they moved it from a market-based rate in a European banking network to a rate that the Fed will charge the U.S. Treasury for, for overnight 24-hour liquidity. Frank, what do you think the odds are in the next financial crisis that interest rates could go up for commercial borrowers, but that the Fed would continue to lend money to the U.S. government on an overnight basis at near 0%? Well, I think, I mean, yeah, we, I think it's beginning right now, the uptick. It's, but there's no way they're going to let the short-term rates that the U.S. Treasury borrows at those rates are not going to go up. Well, no, of course not. They can't do that themselves. Right. The purposes of the Fed is to finance the federal government. That's why they are the Fed. <laughs> and as a result, changing the index on the $400 trillion of notional derivative contracts that are interest rate-based contracts effectively rendered them obsolete. Interest rates can go up in 30-year mortgages. Interest rates can go up on 30-year treasury bonds. Interest rates can go up on US dollar loans in Europe. Matter of fact, they can have a decoupling of US and international interest rates in all of the global corporations that purchased insurance through the LIBOR market are now going to find out their insurance is based on the overnight rate on treasury borrowings. <laughs> so guess what? You don't get paid and the hedge is worthless, which means they're getting ready for the collapse. So, you know, here we are. The war has started in Ukraine. Frank, at this point, we have over 100,000 U.S. troops in uh, border states with Russia. You know, there's no way this thing's stopping. I would say once the weather warms enough that the ground is is hard enough to handle tanks. The next major offensive will begin in the middle of June. And then all bets are off. This thing's going to explode. It's going to escalate into the Middle East. Iran is going to confront Israel. There've already been attacks on Saudi oil facilities through surrogates down in Yemen. The Iranians have already fired missiles at the Saudi oil facilities. And to the extent they can disrupt the oil flow out of Saudi Arabia, it benefits Russia and Iranian cash flows and is a death knell to the dollar. And following the escalation in Iran, we'll see North Korea. You know, they will 
they'll start a conflict on the peninsula and no doubt engage U.S. military assets in Japan. And yeah, we'll be looking at, you know, the meltdown in motion. China and Taiwan. That'll follow the North Koreans. Unless they decide to wait on Taiwan, you know, and perhaps they would confront Taiwan uh, enough to engage the U.S. Navy so they could demonstrate to the world the the capabilities of their hypersonic missiles. Maybe sink a carrier battle group. That would pretty much seal the fate of the U.S. dollar and the U.S. economy. The U.S. stock market would collapse the next day. When everybody realized the world's policemen could no longer control the criminals, that the criminals had the upper hand. And when you start arming Iran, who once is a sworn enemy of Israel, um, folks, we're, we're going against a basic principle that God warned never to do. And if you were on that side, there would come judgment. And now you are a nation who want, called upon the name of God to actually go against a land that belongs to him. I mean, the whole earth belongs to him. I, I tell you what, you're on a crash course. You're on a collision course for death and judgment. And we are signing our own death warrant as a nation. There's no doubt we have, we have taken our own selves down, but, and it's by design. Don't get me wrong there. As Benjamin said, it's a brilliant strategy for those who want to destroy us. Great way. I mean, this, this is not accident. Yeah. So what Biden's a puppet, but those who are pulling the strings know exactly what they're doing. Sorry. Well, and then just, back to you. just yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, a Russian warship in the Black Sea was hit by a, a missile, exploded, and uh, it was the missile was guided by NATO guidance systems. And the warship, they, uh, it exploded. There were several explosions. They were able to offload the crew safely. Uh, so there wasn't much of a loss of life, but the, the warship sank today. And so, you know, this is really going in the wrong direction if you were thinking peace and safety. Because we are seeing an escalation of war. And it's a war that can't be stopped. Because, you know, if you look at the, the collapsing supply chains, you look at the coming grand solar minimum, which is going to provide dramatic reductions in food productions. If you look at the the changes that have already occurred. I mean, the incompetence of the current administration, you know, has become the, the stuff of, of comedy internationally. Even the Saudi government, um, which controls the television in Saudi Arabia very carefully, approved a, a comedy skit, you know, poking fun at the, at the two stooges that are currently. I saw that. That was so <laughs> funny. It, it was pretty good. Maybe you should put a link on that as well, Frank. I, you know, it's, I mean, it's sad, right? That this is the, um, that the leader of Babylon is a baboon. End time Babylon is now run by fools. I mean, think about it. We just had a, a, a Senate hearing regarding the confirmation of a justice to the U.S. Supreme Court when asked to provide a, a definition, and you know, if you're going to practice law, you need to know how to define words because the law is written in what is called words. They form sentences which represent complete thoughts, and in order to articulate the true intent of the sentence, you need to be able to read it and understand it, which means you need to understand the definitions of the words. Well, this justice was asked if they could define the word woman. And their response was, no, they were unable to define what it means to be a woman because they lacked a degree in biology. Even though the pretender in chief already promised he was going to nominate a black woman. He doesn't have a degree in biology. So, you know, if we can't define what it means to be a woman, how do we know what it means to be black? Maybe white is black and red is gray. Right. I mean, we've entered into the twilight zone. 
And on this is the final time, Frank, before all these things break out. <sighs> Heaven help us. I know. And I don't know if you ever, if you saw Madison Cawthorn, um, you know, the youngest house representative defined to Nancy Pelosi in the house, what the definition of a woman is um, folks. If you've not seen that video, you really ought to see it. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. It's true. But it's so to the point, he's probably one of the very few last people who are not afraid to speak a word of truth. It's because that's why he's criticized so much. Um, But anyways, uh, yeah, you're right. It is madness. And so, brother, thank you for sharing that. And uh, what a better time uh, seeing what's going on than to remember where we are at and and the hour that we're in. And the call that God has at this moment for us as believers, as remnant believers, folks. And that's not a that's not a cult term. That's not a, you know, something special to only people that believe in this program. I say remnant. I'm talking about those who come out of the world, out of the of the mainstream jargon that they call church today. And they want to come into the inner court, into the holy place, and then ultimately the most holy place so that they can hear the very voice of God. And brother, that's something you've been sharing since I could remember when I first met you in 1999 about that journey all the way in to the most holy place. And I, I never forget that brother. Mm, amen. Right now though, we've got to cleanse. We've got to cleanse our hearts. We've got to cleanse. We've got to cleanse our garments. You know, we have to cooperate in our sanctification. And, you know, the scripture testifies in Isaiah 28, verse 8, that all the tables are full of vomit and filthiness so that there's no place clean. And who will we teach knowledge? And who will understand true doctrine? Those that have been weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Yet precept must be upon precept. And line upon line, here a little, there a little. And with a stammering lip and another tongue, the Lord will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the, rep- the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was unto them, a precept upon precept. Line upon line that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Now hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men that rule the people of God in Jerusalem. Because you've said we've made a covenant with death and with hell we've come to an agreement. that When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it will not come unto us. We've made, our, we've made lies our refuge. And under the falsehood of the deception of the beast, we've hidden ourselves. And therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a precious stone, a tried stone, a cornerstone. And he that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment will I lay to the line, righteousness to the plumb line. And the hail that is coming will sweep away the refuge of lies. And the, the waters that shall flow will overflow the hiding place. And the covenants of death shall be annulled. And every agreement with hell will not stand. And when the overflowing scourge of war shall pass through the land, the people will be trodden down by it. And from the time that it goes forth, it will take them Morning shall come, day and night, and it will be vexation of soul to even hear this report. For the bed is too short, no one can stretch out on it, and the covers are too narrow that you could wrap yourself in them. And the Lord is about to rise up, as he did in Mount Parazim. And he shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may now do his work, his strange work. And bring to pass his act, his strange act. Therefore be ye not mockers, lest your bands be made stronger, lest the chains upon you would be strengthened. 
for I've heard from the Lord, the Almighty One, the God of hosts, consumption, destruction, and burning fire has been appointed and determined to come upon the whole earth. Give ear and hear my voice, hearken and listen to my words. But does the plowman plow all day to sow? Does he open and break the clods of the ground? When he's made plain the face thereof, does he not cast abroad the fitches, scatter the cumin, cast in the principal wheat and the appointed barley corn and the rye in their appointed place? For God instructs him with discretion and teaches him. Fitches are not threshed with the threshing instrument, neither is the cartwheel turned upon the cumin. The fitches are beaten out with a staff and cumin with a rod of iron. The bread corn is bruised, but he will not always be threshing it. Nor will he break it with the wheels of the cart, nor will the corn be bruised with the four horsemen that are now about to be released upon the earth. This also comes forth from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in his counsel and excellent in his working. And you know, if you think about it, the scripture is adamant that this is the generation of his wrath. You know, it's, it's an amazing time and it's an amazing group of people. You know, they're, every one of them is not without an opinion on almost anything. As a matter of fact, for the most part, it seems like virtually everyone knows everything now. They're all full of themselves and they're all full of the knowledge of good and evil, but none of them are full of an anointing from on high. You know, it's, it's rare to encounter a Christian that's full of the Holy Spirit now. Some can enter in in prayer, and when they seek the Lord in, in, their, in their prayer closets, but few walk through these days full of the anointing. And one of the reasons is because all of the tables now are full of vomit and filthiness. You know, and the tables are the meeting places. It's the, it's the place of, of communal relation with the family and with friends. There's also the, the tables of the temple, the table for the showbread, the table for the menorah. All of the tables are full of vomit. The uncleanness is everywhere. And, you know, you can't just deny it. You can't declare that it's gone. It's got to be cleansed. We have to clean ourselves. We have to clean our hearts. You know, the vomit that the scripture is talking about, the filthiness that the scripture is talking about, it may not be visible in the natural, but if you look closer, you'll probably find some evidence. But the filthiness that, that is come under this time at the end of the age to a people who've been given the, the tremendous privilege of understanding and, and, and the blessing of having an opportunity to walk in the new covenant, you know, it's as if they need to be taught the knowledge of the new covenant once again because they don't understand. And the whole essence of the new covenant is entering into the rest, the shalom, the peace of God. In Hebrew, the, the standard greeting in Israel and, and with a Hebrew speaker is, Mashlam Cha, how is your peace? You know, we, we all say, you know, how are you doing? How's it going? You know, what's up or what's up? You know, Manishma is uh, what's up in Hebrew. But the, the formal greeting is, you know, how is your peace? Mashlam Cha. How is peace with you? How is your peace with God? Are you walking in the refreshing presence of the Holy Spirit? And this is the refreshing. It's, it's in the anointing, which can only be received when we've put down the idols of pride. We've humbled ourselves 
And what's coming is going to humble every one of us. The first five minutes when this thing breaks, we've never seen a time like this before. If we're not walking in the refreshing, if we are not dwelling in the hiding place of the Lord, this is not something you claim. This is something that you learn by doing. And it's through praise and worship as part of your time in prayer and in the word. It's as you empty your heart. It's when you cry out from the bottom of your heart. It's when we finally are confronted with the truth. We have the courage to look honestly deep within we stop blaming someone else. We start taking ownership. You know, our, our pride cannot survive in the light. There is nothing any of us have done that's worthy of us standing in pride. And, and you know, and in the light of the presence of the Lord, in the light of the countenance of God, there's pride does not survive when you have to stand in the presence of the one whose eyes are as flames of fire and who says of himself, I am meek and humble. A God of infinite glory who preserves, he prepares his own heart in meekness and humility. And if there was one that could stand among us in pride, it would be Jesus. Right, you guys? If there was one person in the kingdom of God who could come among all of us and say, it's all about me. I'm the one. It would be the Lord. and He'd be telling the truth. But he would also be standing in filthiness because pride is an abomination in the eyes of his father. So the son upon, upon whom all glory has been given by his father humbles himself and walks in humility and he stoops down even today to wash the feet of his little children, to lay his hands on the sick, to comfort those that mourn. And how many walk with the Lord in that way? You know, everybody's caught up in all the disinformation, you know, is there a virus? Is the earth really flat, Benjamin? <laughs> no. Is it all about how we walk out the old covenant through the knowledge of good and evil? No, it's how we judge each other that really matters. <laughs> no, there was one new commandment given. I give you a new commandment, the master said. I've actually had people argue with me that there could be no new commandments because everything was contained in the Torah. <laughs> you know, the new commandment is the one that's impossible. I, I can follow the Torah. I could be a pretty good Pharisee, you know, if I really set my mind to it, right? So can you. We could all be great Pharisees. How about loving one another as he loved us? I can't do that. Not in myself. None of us can. You know, and he never said, keeping the Sabbath will cover a multitude of sin. No. Scripture testifies that love covers a multitude of sin. You know, the remnant are not the great people of the kingdom. They're the people that have walked through great fires. They're the people that have endured great suffering. They're the people whose hearts have been broken wide open. And there are people that rejoice in humbling themselves before the Lord. And they're willing to lose everything for the sake of finding him. And when you found the Lord, then you will find the rest wherein you will 
be able to rest from your weary struggle. What is the, where's the scripture, Frank, where it talks about, you know, the, in a dry, in a dry land and a, a weary, you know, the people would be wearied. They shall weary themselves. I think it's somewhere in, in Isaiah, Isha'iah. Um, yeah, it's Isaiah 32. And a man shall be a hiding place. Let me, let me just back up one verse. Behold, the king will reign in his righteousness. Hallelujah, Lord. And we lift you up even now. Lord, I, I rejoice to know that you will reign throughout the great tribulation. Regardless of what happens to us, Lord, you will be exalted. You will reign in righteousness. And your kingdom is for eternity. And so we bless you this day. And your princes shall rule in the judgment. Who's going to execute the authority in the judgment? The princes of God. While the Lord looks down from heaven, his princes will execute the judgment written. And a man shall become a hiding place from the wind and a covering from the tempest that is about to be revealed. And as rivers of water in a dry place and the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And, and isn't that today, Frank, isn't this a weary Amen. land? Amen. People are so tired and there's nowhere to go for comfort. You know, the least little word and the many shall be offended and hate one another now. We're all seeing that, right? Oh, we have a thousand issues that you can get mad at each other over. None of them lead people to the rivers of living water. Nor is there any, you can't find the shadow that will cover you from the blasting heat that is about to be revealed. You know, that shadow is, is when you've bowed down before the cornerstone of the temple itself. Now you'll be covered in the secret hiding place of the Most High God. And the eyes of those that see will not be dim. And the ears of those that can hear, they will hearken, they will listen. The heart of the rash will begin to understand. You know, that word for rash, it means people that are just, boy, they're quick to know every answer. Now, suddenly they will no longer make decisions in haste. They'll begin to understand knowledge. Hallelujah. Isaiah 32, 9. Rise up, you women that are at ease, and hear my voice, you careless daughters of Zion. You know, and they just, they assumed, they were walking in presumption. You know, they were actually very, very foolish, these daughters of Zion. Yet it hadn't occurred to them yet. The prophet writes, give ear unto my speech. Many days you shall be troubled, you careless women. And the vintage shall fail. The gathering shall not come. Just got noticed today. An Azure food delivery is going to be delayed. It's not coming. It's supposed to be a Friday. Nope. Food deliveries are delayed now. You're going to begin. You're two months out from food deliveries being delayed in your grocery stores. The vintage is failing all over the world. The gathering of food will not come. Tremble, you women that are at ease and be troubled. Strip and make bare, gird sackcloth upon your loins, and lament. Upon the land of my people shall come up thorns and briars. Upon all the houses of joy, the palaces will be forsaken. The towers shall be for dens of the wild asses and pasture of the flocks. Until the spirit be poured out upon us from on high. That's what Jesus told his disciples after he rose from the dead. He told them to wait during the counting of the Omer. 
until the spirit was poured out upon you from on high. And then the wilderness shall become a fruitful field and the field will be counted a forest. And then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness and righteousness will remain in the fruitful field. The works of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness shall be quietness and assurance forever. And my people, saith the Lord, shall dwell in peaceful habitations and in sure dwellings. And when the hailstorm comes, will not disturb their rest. Mm. Man. Yeah, folks, we're on the door of this thing. This Passover that's coming that's upon us. The cup that'll be lifted up, remembrance of what Jesus has done. We should also remember what Jesus commanded us to do. To humble ourselves. To wash each, each other's feet. And to wait during the counting of the Omer until the Spirit be poured out from us on high. You know, there's a dramatic need for prayer now. And I can, I can assure you, the multitude have stopped praying. Those that are among the remnant, you know, maybe they haven't stopped. Or if you have, we need to recommit. You guys, if you had any idea how powerful your prayers were, you Amen. would find more time to pray. Amen. 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 Brother, no, thank you, folks. I just want to share something about what Benjamin said. Um, it's so true is that the problem with pride and we see pride so often, you know, in, in one aspect, uh, you know, this is about me. I've done this, but there, there's a spiritual pride that's dangerous. And that's the pride of not allowing the Lord to do his work in us that he so much desires because we can somehow handle this on our own. You know, and, and Benjamin talked about earlier and asked as Jesus washed your feet. And I'd like to ask you that question. Has Jesus washed your feet? You know, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he that is washed needeth, not saved to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. And and Jesus said, You don't just let me wash your feet, Peter. Okay. And and folks, think about this. We're coming in the time of Passover. The king of all kings has humbled himself and he knelt down to wash his disciples' feet. Are you willing to allow Jesus to wash your feet today? See, if you're struggling to understand what's going on, you're worried about everything that's happening in this world, and you don't know where tomorrow's going. My, my question is, why don't you let Jesus wash your feet? Are you wanting God to do a miracle to heal you or help you with your finances, you know, to get you through? Maybe you don't know where rent's coming from, the next food. It's time to let Jesus wash our feet. You see, God is desiring to actually serve you, and we in turn serve him. But he wants to serve us in such a way, as Benjamin was saying earlier, to cleanse us, to purify. And, and we've got to let go of our pride in order to allow the king to do the work. I mean, can you imagine the holiest God, the only God, this mighty, you know, God who who literally breathes universes into existence is asking to come and be with you and to cleanse you and to wash you and to walk with you and to sup with you. We have to let go of our pride that keeps the Lord out. We're so trained in the United States that we can handle everything on our own. We could do it all by ourselves that it actually affects our prayer life. It affects our Walk with the Lord because we are taught to be so self-sufficient. And I'm telling you right now, we must wait and rely upon the Lord. If there's one thing that Benjamin has always drilled into my head for years, 
from the book of Micah is we must wait upon the Lord. And, and, if, if, and one other thing, we must hear from the Lord ourselves. This is not the time that we start putting our trust in men. This is the time we put our trust in God. And brother, thank you for what you shared tonight. We are literally at the end of the book. And it, folks, it's like that movie Roadhouse. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But God promised to be there with us. Brother, thank you so much for coming on and sharing tonight. I really appreciate you. And folks, please keep Brother Benjamin in your prayer. Keep me in your prayers. Uh, we are in this together. We're family. We need to stick this thing out together through to the very end. And listen, folks, we're going to have a Lord willing, we can have the, a, a remnant call one day in the kingdom. Maybe we can have one in Petra before that. I don't know. We'll see what the Lord says. But I'm looking forward to that day when we can all sit together at the feet of Jesus, celebrating that we made it by his grace. God bless each one of you. Brother, God bless you, and thank you for coming on tonight. Hey, you're welcome, Frank. And, um, yeah, let's all look up because it's finally here. It's amazing. But we're watching it. This is the beginning of the day of the Lord. And every day. Every day it's going to accelerate. Yeah. You know, the birth pains are now at that tempo where there's no stopping this. You know, you can't walk this back now. Mm. Amen. 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 You're right. I never thought it would take this long 20 years ago, 20, what, two years ago, 23 years ago, whatever. You know, I well, thought we'd, but you know what? It's finally bearing fruit. Frank, it's so bizarre because, you know, I was shown the day of the Lord in the fall of um, 1996, 23 years later was the fall of 2019 when they released the bioweapon. And I went on national tour with the book, the day of the Lord is at hand in the summer of uh, the year 1998. I put no, pardon me, 1999 in the summer of 99, 23 years later is the summer of 2022. And, you know, Jeremiah and Baruch, his scribe, they preached for 23 years and then the judgment came. And, you know, if you want to count my book coming out and, and my national tour is the beginning of me preaching my message of the 23 year anniversary would be the summer of 2022, which by the way is, you know, only a few months ahead of us. You know, why is that relevant? Well, I'm a descendant of the scribe of Jeremiah. The 23 years is perfect. So we're here. They're not walking this back. The global supply chain collapse is real. The economic collapse is real. You know, we ran out of uh, rope. <laughs> the wily Coyote moment has occurred. And there's nothing but air underneath this economy. And the fracturing of the global trading blocks and the end of the petrodollar is the end of our ability to print money with impunity. The inflation that's now exploding is only just beginning. It won't be long before there are food riots all over the world. And then the entire economy is going to disintegrate. What do you think is going to happen in the cities of America when the power goes out and there is no food or water? Well, brother, I can tell you just in the technology side, the other week I spent six hours looking for switches, networking switches, particular one, you know, high, certain features I need, which I had, I went to the big vendors, um, Dell, HP, Fortinet, different people got deal registrations done. Ser true story. Got it done, approved to get a great discount, emailed back. I said, so when here's the $10,000 question, I said, when can we get them? And they literally, this salesman or, or one of the reps laughed at me. He said, you're kidding, right? I was like, no, when can we get these? He's like, I don't know, maybe four months. Wow. It's all, it's, it's affecting everything. And, and, it, and once it starts, folks, it doesn't, it, it's, it just cascades and it starts this domino effect. 
and, and it drives the gas and it drives up. Everything is going out of control, brother. And this is where we are. Yeah. So hallelujah. Mm. The day of the Lord is about to begin. We're not the people in trouble, but we definitely need to cleanse the tables that have been full of vomit. And, you know, the scripture is very clear, every table, you know, and it's easy for us to think that our, you know, that, that we're good. You know, we don't have anything to take to the cross. We don't have anything to humble ourselves for, you know, it's all the other people, you know, who don't have our wisdom that, you know, don't agree with us. Oh, it all comes down to who's walking in the anointing and who has the peace of God in their hearts, because everyone else is going to lose their lunch when this thing begins. Yeah. Okay. God bless you so much. Thank you, brother. Everybody keep listening in, hit us up, join us on rumble. That's uh, you know, we don't know the last day that YouTube will have us on. So please make sure you sign up, follow us because that will be the place that if you can't find us, Lord willing, that we will be uh, permanently uh, in the future uh, until this thing's over. And then it really won't matter anyways. And honestly, that could be sooner than we could ever imagine. So with that, keep us all in your prayers. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin saying good night and shalom. Trumpet in time.